undoubtedly a deep commitment, mostly among white businessmen and clergy, to move more swiftly now to correct the racial imbalances here. The Negro minister, who originally asked Dr. King to come to Memphis in support of striking garbage men, says there is evidence of this. Reverend James Lawson states it this way. I do know from telegrams that I've received, as well as phone calls, that there is an undercurrent of white people who uh, feel the hurt of this whole matter. Now, how extensive this is, I have no way of telling. But certainly, one cannot say that all white people rejoice and that all white people are hypocritical in what they feel about this matter. Do you see any hopeful signs in the white community? Hopeful signs of better race relations and better understanding as a result of Dr. King's <clears throat> death here? Here again, I have seen um, at least two or three instances where the death of Dr. King have pushed people into a kind of public leadership, a public leadership that could very well mean um, that something quite significant and different would happen in Memphis. Now, at the same time, though, I would be dishonest if I did not admit that I know of people in the community, particularly white people, who were very happy at the news of the death of Dr. King and who applauded and who laughed, uh, so who were not in the least bit uh, perturbed or upset uh, by uh, the, the shot that killed an extremely good uh, man in the world. Memphis Cares is the theme of a rally to be held today in a 25,000-seat auditorium. Concerned white residents and an element of Negro leaders went on radio and television yesterday to appeal for a large public turnout, something more than just a demonstration of remorse. I am Bob James. I will be at Crump Stadium at 1.30 this Sunday to pledge my personal commitment to work to make Memphis a good city for all. I urge my friends and my neighbors of goodwill to come to Crump Stadium this Sunday at 1.30 to show the world that Memphis cares. I am concerned, as many Memphians are, and I'm trusting that you will meet along with our fellow citizens at Crump Stadium at 1.30 this Sunday to pledge your personal commitment to work to make Memphis a good city for all. I urge my friends and all Memphians of goodwill to come to Crump Stadium this Sunday at 1.30 to show the world that Memphis cares. Thank you. The Memphis business community has a lot at stake in how the city expresses its sorrow and demonstrates its willingness to change its attitudes. 29-year-old Dealey Mallory III runs part of a family business here. Well, naturally, I'm concerned with the recent racial strife and particularly Dr. King's death. As a businessman, naturally, I'm concerned about my business and about the city's business and livelihood. Do you think all of this could have been prevented? Not completely, no. I don't know how you can 
say it could be prevented. You never know until after it happens what you could have done. What is the attitude generally in the white community? Well, right now I think it's one of shame and sorrow and a little disbelief. Uh, none of us thought it could happen here, and it did. Uh, I think there's a galvanizing of the community spirit to try and overcome what has happened and to establish better race relations, to uh, solve the problems that face us right now without any more strife. Are you saying this is what the working man, the man working in the factory is thinking now, the white man? I think he is much more concerned now than he was. Uh, I don't think he is quite as anxious as uh, a few of the business and civic leaders would like him to be to join in with the colored community, but I think it's much more intense than it was before. What do you see in the immediate future in race relations in Memphis? Well, I certainly hope that they won't continue like they have for the last 10 days. I think we'll have a good summer, a quiet summer. I think we'll, with the cooperation of both sides, we can work out the problems that do face us now and uh, achieve peace and tranquility and harmony between the races here in Memphis. Memphians are not basically antagonistic. I don't think they're uh, particularly prejudiced as they are in, in other places. That's easy for me to say, but uh, I don't think we'll continue to have this trouble like we have now. Mallory helped plan today's rally to show Memphis Cares. Appeals to the community's conscience are being heard today from the pulpits of many Memphis churches. Ministers, white and Negro, have made the name and cause of Dr. Martin Luther King the topic of their sermons. The Nashville Catholic Diocese held a special mass in Memphis. Bishop Joseph Dorick delivered the sermon.
The city of Memphis, like it or not, is at the crossroads of its most serious challenge. A decision must be made whether Dr. King's death will be translated into a better life for its Negro citizens. It is a question that must be answered quickly, and there are no easy answers. The flags at half-mast, the large reward for the assassin, official proclamations, and even the church sermons to white parishioners honoring a Negro are viewed by Negroes as only devices to wipe clean the community conscience. In its most tangible form, a strike of Negro garbage men must be settled. It was in that cause Dr. King came to Memphis and left here in a casket. Mark Lansman, NBC News, Memphis. As one Memphis National Guardsman remarked, the murder of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. could have happened in Memphis or New York or Chicago. It is perhaps a fact of life that such a killing can still happen anywhere in this country, for the sickness that caused that murder is not a local illness. That is the thrust of a sermon to be broadcast later today on the NBC radio network by Dr. Joel Naderhood, radio minister of the Christian Reformed Church. Here is a portion of his remarks. Many of us today honor Dr. Martin Luther King's courage and sacrifice, and it was great, but his was a human courage and sacrifice. On the cross, we see the love of God displayed. There's so much hatred in the world today, so much in your heart and in mine, it gets so very depressing after a while. But then we look at the cross and we see that there the love of God becomes visible for everybody. There's that verse in the Bible, you know, that goes like this. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved the world. And I guess that means that our country has not yet escaped from beneath that powerful love of his. And that means that you, no matter how somber and depressed you are, can still look at this Son of God and you can repent of your sins and you can commit yourself to God's love. And we must lift our eyes above the examples of courage, sacrifice, and devotion we see within the human family. And we must remember that God, through Christ, went further and suffered more than man ever can in order to pay for our crimes and our failures. In this dark world, brimful of hate, there is a possibility for redemption, for newness, for repair, for love to glow. But it will not happen through the power of man, but through the power of God. And in this season of the cross, we remember that that power of God has not yet abandoned us. There's still hope, great towering hope, if we believe in Jesus and are led by his spirit. There's nothing now that will undo the terrible action that has turned this day into a memorial day. During this program, I've spoken many words, and many words have been spoken by many others during the last days and hours. 
But you know, don't you, that we've gone far beyond the time of words. There have been so many words in the past and so few deeds of real reconciling love. And now our streets are laced tight by a new kind of fear that often gives way to recklessness and leads so frequently to murder. Now that this moderate leader has been killed, there is no telling what hideous turn our country soon will take. Let those who lead the church ignore all voices that oppose the church's call to show the meaning of love in this season of despair. May everyone who calls himself by the name of Christ know assuredly that his failure to respond with love and sacrifice to the problem of race is inexcusable now. No one can claim ignorance of what's happening, and no one can flee. May the leaders of our great land be warned by the extremity of these times that we may not persist in our flagrant rejection of the testimony of God. May we not continue to exclude the influence of God's word from our public life and from our educational institutions. We must turn back to God with repentance and with the fervent desire to be guided by his holy precepts. If we don't, the death of Martin Luther King is a prelude to unimaginable disaster. We expect that our government will now act as it must. Yet there is the inescapable feeling that this hour is one of emptiness, black and white. We now are left with our despair. Thus we look to Jesus Christ, for there's no place else to turn. Perhaps this is exactly where God wants us to be. Now we begin to see how much we need him. Now we know how necessary it is for us to pray as we have never prayed before. Let's do that now. There are certainly tens of thousands, perhaps millions of Americans, who have their direct, personal recollections of some sort of encounter with Martin Luther King, Jr. Government officials, policemen, newsmen, those who marched behind him in demonstrations, and those who jeered him and his followers from the sidelines. What seems evident is that there are certainly many millions of Americans, the vast majority of the population of this country, who do not have personal recollections of direct contact with the man and thereby feel they were not, are not, and will not be affected by his life and his death. It is those thus far unreached who may be most affected by the last 13 years of the 39 he spent on this earth. A twisted mind conceived and carried out his tragic murder. By far a greater tragedy, though, would be for this country now not to realize what Dr. King meant when he urged America to come home. When in August of 1963, he stood on the steps of the Lincoln Monument in the nation's capital 
and said, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That one day on the red hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. inside. Let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, 
Let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. in every city. We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Martin Luther King, A Day of National Mourning. Produced by NBC News. Producer Albert Burchard. Associate producers Alan Moen and Rhoda Grady. Narrator Bill Ryan. Directors Albert Reyes and George Butsas. Music selection by Phoebe Haas. Technical assistance by Walter Ryan, Ray Weiss and Warren Hogan. Production assistant Cynthia Selshirt. This is the NBC Radio Network.